You can't bong into a welcome. You can bong into whatever you want to bong into. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm refreshing. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the philosophizing prignapper. Uh So, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Al, seeing as you're nicely refreshed, what have you been up to? Is anyone taking note of these Victorian job occupations and actually like interested in what they are? Or are they just like there's a yeah, lot of there's I a have... lot of Cornish talk when Steve does the, the podcast <laughs> intros? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think pretty much everyone makes a note of them and then goes off and finds out exactly what they are. I'm assuming there's mm-hmm. some sort of like um, Rosetta Stone or, or Dead Sea Scroll somewhere with them, all kind of. <laughs> co- so future civilizations can find them and go, oh, that's what they yeah. did five minutes before the show. That that is exactly what's happened. Like, there's there's several people are writing them down in different different ways, um, in different languages, even just to make sure that they will be accessible forevermore. Talking of pointless exercises, um, <laughs> I, I had a visit from a very wonderful man this weekend um, who travelled all the way up from Somerset to Leeds and spent yeah. some time helping me fix up the car. Yeah. Um, it was incredibly relaxing. <laughs> I love the fact that there was that pause there. Of like, it was incredibly relaxing. Was it? Uh, and pork was eaten and cider was drunk. Yes, it was very um, good. And what, what else did we do? We managed to fix Wait, up the brakes. Wait, is this delightful person? He sat right across from you, Brett. <laughs> As we speak. <laughs> yeah. And we thought it'd be really fun to record. But we just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. So, that's why we do, so that's why we're doing it tonight instead. But, um, but no, it was it was it was a, a nice break from the the usual not relaxing weekend that is a weekend. Um, yeah, did a few jobs on the car, fixed up the brakes, got the um, bull bar mounts off, stripped a few screw heads. Um, I, I like how you say it was nice and relaxing, except for that one incident where we spent. About twelve hours trying to get the fucking tire on. Yeah, but if you if you if you take your time to do a task, Steve, it can, <laughs> it can be therapeutic. Um, you appreciate kind of the progress you make as you go on. <laughs> the, the, the zero progress that we make. <laughs> <laughs> it took us three hours to get a tire on, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very nice. Um, prior to Steve uh, and his arrival, um, I'd, I'd been. I told you about my friend last week who's struggling with health um, and yes. I've kind of been just spending some time with him. He was getting rid of his camper van and he's got a beautiful four-berth um, motorhome uh, with 2,000 miles on the clock, uh, barely been used, and he's trying to sell it. So basically I was helping him clean it up, um, get it ready for sale, take a lot of photographs, uh, put the advert in the paper, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it got me really jealous of this guy's caravan and kind of made me think of all the wonderful things I could put in my caravan if I had £40,000 to spend on um, <laughs> something as glorious as that. But yeah, it was, it was again, another, another double-edged sword of it's sad because he's obviously selling it for a reason, but it's also nice because his wife will get the money and stuff. So it's kind of... Yeah. It's the things you've got to do in these situations, but 
do them with I don't know good spirits and and yeah positivity you know it's it's a nice yeah. thing it's a nice object it's a nice has stories to tell um and hopefully someone else can buy it and you know those stories can pass on but yeah i love the fact that he because he's an amputee he bodged all these things in the caravan so there was all sorts of just like random like foot pedals and handles and <laughs> things that just were made so he could do it and get yeah. in and out of it um so it's just really char i mean i had to remove them all because we're selling it <laughs> <laughs> but now there's all these like cool mementos of just like hacked together jobs in this car and doing my best to cover up any holes mm. <laughs> yeah because i mean like you say they weren't it's not like they were like professionally installed um like off the shelf pieces it was all very much uh i'm sorry ben got home and i i had to mute myself and just say hi to him because he he didn't know i was recording so that was all um but yeah uh it was the the fact that they were like you said they were kind of like bodged together things that he'd done himself uh speaking of brett uh what about you what were you up to this week that's the guy i am i'm brett yes Okay, got it. Um, so I fools with girls. <laughs> so I uh, was chatting with John, the fossil guy, recently, and his John Hammond. <clears throat> yeah, that that guy. He's a fossil guy. Yeah. So John has side projects and lots of irons in the fire, if you will. One of the uh, divisions of one of his companies that he owns is kind of a research and development and also fabrication of some very fantastic pieces of equipment. Um, so he had asked if I could come out and film a little bit of a, it'll be kind of a tutorial walkthrough for any clients that either rent this piece of machinery or maybe pay for one to get built and sent to them. And <clears throat> what it is is see what it was was it's a tank with a spool on the back of it and it's an all-terrain tractor vehicle of sorts that takes soil samples hundreds of feet down below the soil nice. cool and so it's really kooky and i i may try and post like a little bit of a video uh, on instagram or something maybe patreon just to show what the hell i was doing um and so I drove eight hours, eight and a half hours to Monterey, uh, which is a beautiful like port town, boat, marina driven city. And John actually owns a marina and boating yard. So I got to hang out for the day around a bunch of boats and nautical nice. things. And it was fantastic. Uh, I got to film this little piece of equipment, which it's really silly. It's so small by soil sampling equipment <laughs> standards. But uh, they fabricobbled an old landscaping tractor into this device and put the wheels on it. So I got to meet the guys that are part of the fabrication team that built the thing. It's remote yeah. controlled. So it's Ooh, also basically awesome. a drone that they can just drive around. And then it squats down. It has this really amazing thing where it like lifts up and gets nice <laughs> and tall. So it can <laughs> go over all the terrain and do everything. And then when it gets in the spot where they want to take the soil sample, it squats and like, the <laughs> treads go out and then it plants its, uh, its little prod, its little dingus into the ground and then shoots it down a hundred feet to take soil samples. <laughs> so 
super interesting. Just something very, very new that I've never heard of, let alone seen. Yeah. And uh, John and I were actually going to try and spend the day kind of rooting around the boatyard and maybe looking for treasures. And unfortunately, he had to take off uh, for work purposes. So I still got to root around and uh, ask him if I could take a few pieces off their hands that were in their, uh, I don't know, in their storage area. Their storage (laughs) area is just a section of the fence where they put extra things. I do have four or 500 pounds of anchor chain. And I think each link is probably around... I don't know, 20 kilos, <laughs> 15 or 20 kilos. It's ridiculous. And there's only 10 links on it, but it took me and another bloke a good 10 minutes just to load it into the truck. Uh, I got a bronze propeller, which is kind oh, of nice. neat. And then some old boat hardware and accessories that's also made of bronze. I don't know what I'm going to do with anything yet. I really want to try and figure out if the anchor chain is rot or not. It might be, might not be. Uh, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because if it is wrought iron, hooray, because it's a gigantic section of material that I can use. Uh, And then because he took off, I ended up just, I don't know, packing up and shipping home. So in two days, I did 18 hours of driving and I was pretty wiped by the time I got back. Um, Edited up a little bit of that video and sent it off for him. So it's, it's just more side project stuff, you know, keep the bills paid, work with John. I do like everything that he's doing mm. uh, with his success. He's, I got to meet a few guys that are doing uh, their own research as kind of backed by John, uh, a young man who grows his own kelp <laughs> and farms abalone that he raises from <laughs> babies. And they're probably going to do some stuff in the in his marina and boatyard where they're going to set up a little farm for, um, I don't know, harvesting city life to eat. And I <laughs> guess the young gentleman is also quite the cook. So he and a group of friends get together and cook kelp and seaweed and things and try and make them tasty and more acceptable to the everyday restaurant going person. <laughs> So I'll probably end up be like, I'll make more trips up there, hopefully um, for various projects and goings on. There's so much material on site (laughs) that I I really just want to be able to pull it all. And this is one of those uh, treasure trove places where how many people have access to a boating yard where there's just a steel boat hole that's 40 or 50 feet long. It's just there. And no one's doing anything with it. And I really would love to just be able to put it on my land and go, yes, there is a, <laughs> there's just a hull of a boat. And there it is. Uh, but it turns out logistics are kind of fun when you're talking about toting something that probably weighs tens of thousands of pounds eight hours down the California coast. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, uh, I've been trying to work on the the deck video. And oddly enough, you know, it's it's actually kind of difficult for me to edit through it, knowing that it's for a different channel. And I, it's effectively the first video, so I'm like, what do I do with it? I don't know how to. Do I voiceover parts? Do I how do? What is the pacing of this? I don't make video game or movie references throughout it. I I don't really know what the comedic timing of anything is. So that's taken longer than expected, just because uh, it's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that. 
general to-do lists and things. Uh, feel like we've got a lot of good projects on the horizon. And Thanks. that's it for me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that sounds... I mean, the, the whole um, chipyard harbor boat thing sounds fucking ace, man. Like, like yes, it, 18 hours is a lot of driving, but definitely sounds like it was uh, worth it just to just to get to poke around, let alone actually being able to walk away with stuff. So, nice. yeah, I mean, they had a they had a shop cat named Marlin that looked like Spike, Jimmy's old cat. <laughs> and he was very handsome. So I feel like the trip was really made worth it just by hanging out with a cat for a little while. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what um, have you been up to, Steve? Uh, well, as 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 discussed earlier, I I got to go up and see the lovely Mr. Halfpenny. Um, and uh, we went to see uh, Jim, not the old tr- old ship Jim, but uh, the old pit Jim. Um, he's <laughs> uh, a, a blacksmith friend of mine. Uh, I spoke about him a couple of years ago, um, who took over from uh, another blacksmith at his workshop. Finally got to see the the workshop. It was beautiful. The the location. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was it was just really nice getting to kind of hang out with Jim a bit, and we got to muck around on the forge a little bit um first time in ages i've worked with cole um yeah it, it was just kind of nice doing that uh actually both like al, al is a wonderful host and i actually managed to sleep in both saturday and sunday <laughs> oh and wow I, I didn't get up until like 9 9 30 something like that it was fucking amazing um and it, also, it's the first time I've managed to sleep in past like half seven without having a massive headache. So <laughs> I think it was just the wonderful Yorkshire air did me some good. Um, it's just the comfort of knowing that Al is just feet away. Yes, just, exactly. This comforts you. Um, but yeah, other than that, I uh, we've just been ridiculously busy at work still. Um, I've managed to cut pretty much every... Uh, digit on my hands uh managed to wire wheel away uh a large portion of the skin on my thumb um which was really unpleasant and uh and we had a little bit of a panic earlier on because my like part of my hand went very very red around lunchtime <laughs> and uh got kind of a little bit worried about septicemia but it's it's not got any worse so i think it's fine um yeah i'd be right um but yeah uh what what else what else have I, I don't i don't really think i've i've done much other than let's say being up at, at owls and, and doing all that obviously went to gloucester services um as a position yeah oh that picture made me so happy <laughs> <laughs> which weirdly enough is also the the like probably my most replied to story ever the amount of people that are like oh my god gloucester services that's amazing like people that have no, <laughs> nothing to do with um with like the the few trips that we've all had up there but uh how many yeah, scotch nice. <laughs> uh, none unfortunately oh yeah he went but, there um, on the way up and didn't bring fucking anything yeah i went there on the way up and missed the turning to go into the actual services so just had to stop into the petrol station because that was it um because there was no like second entrance into the car park <laughs> um but yeah both both journeys up and down were absolutely shitting it down the entire time so driving was just not 
enjoyable, um, especially because people on the roads are idiots. Um, and I think as well, because it was like the first weekend where you've been able to travel in the UK um, like properly, I think there was a lot of people on the road just <laughs> going and visiting friends and that. So, um, yeah, I think I think that was I think that's it. Uh, I got very excited earlier on in the week because um, Ben Snur has got a new puppy, <laughs> and I saw it on a series, and, and that that made me happy. Um, a handsome dog. Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure that's it. It's I I've not really stopped since I got back, and my brain's not really working yet. Um, so I'll probably remember stuff later on. Um, I've just had to order like a shitload of new pairs of jeans because all of my jeans ripped in the last couple of weeks as well. So I've uh, I've been basically working in uh, in just my underpair pants, um, which has been lovely. Uh, which segues beautifully into mm -hmm. the shopic, which is the philosophies that you words. When you work, I can't think of the fucking words. I can't think of how to phrase it. So um, Dr. James posted in the Facebook group um, a couple of maker questions. Um, and what was nice about them is it wasn't, what's the tool that you like? Or what would you make? Um, which is the usual maker questions <laughs> that you get on those <laughs> generic lists. Um, and it was one that just kind of resonated with me. And it was um, about, yeah, do you do you kind of, employ or activate or practice any particular philosophies as part of your making um from patience to repetition um uh, any other virtues that you think kind of help you meditation brett i don't know if that's up your up your tree up your tree did i say yeah, yeah. Um, you said that once up your street yeah. i did it's that saying i say um <laughs> yeah and it just got me thinking actually the more I I don't want to say take things seriously because we all know that's not true. But the more <laughs> I um, understand what I'm doing and appreciate what I'm doing, I'm kind of a little bit more self-aware. And, and I mm -hmm. start to think about um, the things that you can do while you're trying to be creative. Because it's, it's not just about doing random things that are fun. You know, creativity yeah. can be quite structured. And I think that's why... It's a big part of my life because I'm part analytical scientist, engineer, mathematician, and part dickhead. So it it's a nice marriage of being able to have a creative output, but also start to think about it while you're doing it. Yeah, and I think things, Steve, particularly at the weekend, yeah. spending a long time trying to do one task. There were several times where I think both of us just stopped and just kind of went right. We need to just you know, reset, think about yeah. this, what are we doing wrong? Maybe a little bit of like detachment from yourself, start to understand, you know, yeah. how the brain works and stuff. And I think it really helps. Um, Brett, go on. There's the finger of raisedness. <laughs> well, what this makes me think of is the affinity for people to put motivational posters on the wall <laughs> or those, yeah. those philosophies to live by because, um, Something I've thought about a little bit in terms of self-reflection. I think I'm one of those people that appreciates contextualizing things mm. or figuring out a reason and being able to kind of put that into words of practice. And I don't know if this is, I'm kind of directing this question to you guys. Are you the same type of people that when things are a little bit more explained or when there's 
terminology or philosophy or just words to put <laughs> to your actions, it either justifies it or um, gives it a little bit more purpose. If if you're able to kind of say, I like eating hamburgers because it uh, soothes my soul or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> because there's some kind of explanation context. that explains your actions, right? There yeah. is a reason you do the things that you do. And yeah. for me, when it comes to, I don't really know why I do that. I don't like that. It, it really bothers me when I can't have an explanation for why I think a certain way or why I, um, my actions go in a certain direction. So do you guys feel like that? Is it something that uh, you find catharsis in um, finding context or finding verbiage to kind of explain what and why you do it? Like for me, it's, it's the exact opposite. That, okay. that I mean, that example you used is a great example. So the, 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 the hamburgers one, um, when I think about hamburgers, I'm not able to just enjoy them because I'm I'm thinking about the particular caramelization and the acid co- acid like content of the protein in that particular muscle from that part of the cow and why it's gotten to a certain um color from the heat and the mm-hmm. fat content and everything and I'm um I can't just switch off and enjoy it because of, because I know all the things about that and I know everything that's going to you know I know if I need the bread for a little bit longer, the dough's going to be this much stretchier and more elastic. And, you know, and especially if you make it all yourself, everything, I'm not saying it takes the fun out of it. It's still a delicious, delicious hamburger. But um, I know, I know everything that's going on and, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it, it stops me from just attaching myself. And it's kind of a bit of overanalyzation and that goes into a lot of my stuff. Yeah. And a lot of tasks I do or whatever. Um, but I, what particularly struck me about this topic is that very recently I've started to be able to just like step out of that and just, and just maybe focus on one thing and just go, right. Mm. You know, how soft is it? <laughs> <laughs> how soft is the burger? Forget about everything else. You know why beef tastes like that. You know why cheese tastes like that. You're not going to be surprised by anything in this burger focus on like the softness and i think that's that re- um, i'm guessing that's probably what meditation is, is is the ability to be able to focus on one thing or nothing yeah mm-hmm. um which is like a r- fucking million miles away from me because i'm focusing on a million things at once but as i say that this is starting to to become clear to me now that is that if you if you want to do that you need to be able to kind of switch off mm-hmm. so yeah i don't want to say meditation because I don't, I don't subscribe to that and i don't really get it or appreciate it i guess but the hamburger example is a great one because i've, I've already had this conversation with myself about hamburgers um <laughs> but, it, but it can be applied to anything you know it's just like what what's stopping you from being in the moment um and just understanding things and what i found as well it it, it lets me assess myself a lot better yeah so instead of evaluating everything i'm doing so thinking about like sharpening a chisel right like angle, speed, rotation, lubrication, pressure, you know, all these uh, stance, shoulder position, all this, all the fucking variables that go into it. Yeah. I have a problem of trying to do them all at once and solve them all at once <laughs> and um, like manipulate every variable at once. Yeah. Whereas if I just went, forget, forget all that, just focus on your pressure and get that right. And then all of a sudden, 
that becomes easier and that just becomes second nature. And then you nail that. Yeah. And this is with everything now. So I'm starting to employ this as a, as a philosophy. So like um, if it was a, a mill or a lathe, speeds and feeds, I'd, I'd just be focusing on one thing. I'd just be focusing on speed. And if it was yeah. spray paint, I'd be focusing on how far away I am. Yeah. Get that nailed. And now actually I'm going a bit slow because I can see it's dripping. Yeah. So so once I've nailed my, my distance, I can then address that. And it just makes life so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I like... Because obviously we've got a couple of young lads that are now in the workshop um, doing it, and um, we're teaching them how to do things. And also with the uh, the classes and that starting back up this week, um, that's something that we kind of have to uh, preach to students a lot is um, is the fact that it, it's uh, you you don't have to focus on everything at once. Like making um, like. If, if you want to make something or if you want to practice a craft, jump in and try and fit. Uh, practice a craft. Try, craft. Uh, you don't try and uh, try and jump in and and perfect every single part of it straight away. You you need to, again, it goes back to what I've said a few times about building up those, those basic um, skills and you build upon them. Like you, you don't go into it and make, the most magnificent set of railings or gates straight away you you know you go and make a 100 tapers to 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 get that down and i think i've i've kind of said like i like the kind of zen aspect of doing the um the skewer tapers because it is just it's that repetition and um that like minute focus on a single thing and that allows you to then go okay, well, what happens if I just, like, I'm doing everything else the same, but I'm just going to slightly tweak the angle of the hammer or I'm going to slightly tweak, like, where I'm um, where I'm uh, pivoting, like, whether it's my elbow or my shoulder or whatever. Um, and with uh, with the guys that we've got working, like, I'm teaching Charlie about making pans, and he's, he's really focused on um, speed, and like, oh, I've got to get these done really quick. I'm like, no, you you really don't. Like, if you make 50 in a day, but we have to throw away 30 of them, then that's 30 bits of um, material that we've got to chuck away. Whereas if you make 20 in a day, you've still made the same amount, except we don't have to chuck any of them away. Like that, and and it's um I think it's one of the things for me is is trying to understand which are the important aspects and and figuring out like right of all the things that we're doing uh which is the most important one to get right is it um you know for for blacksmithing for example like you know it's getting making sure the heat is right and then it's making sure that this is right then it's making sure that this is right and kind of building on those um those things and figuring out which is the um uh the, the only thing that I can think of is uh, like the MVP, the minimum yeah, viable product. Yeah. Like what's, what's the, the, the most basic component of this and how can I get that right? And then build on everything from there. Um, and like you say, it, it's, it's trying to remember that you don't, you can't adjust everything, but then you don't know which variable it is that's had the positive. Exactly. Negative and and that, that's, that's when you get frustrated. And it's like, yeah. oh, I, can't, I can't weld. It's like, no, you're just going too fast. 
Yeah. Slow it down and it'll it'll work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or, or, you know, or, or anything in between. Um, yeah. And I was, I was just thinking then, Steve, you when you were up here and you pulled the funny face the way I was making a cup of tea. Yes. And it and it was just because I've read like um the what's it called? Hakaguri. Yeah. The way, yeah. the way the samurai, right? And the way it talks about things and the, its approach to things mm. and how, and how Brett, you always talk about how some things you learn can be applied to other things. Um everything in that book is like, oh yeah. I've thought about it that way. You know, that is how you make a cup of tea, and that's why tea tastes like that. And that's why Japanese people make tea like that. Yeah. And they do it literally religiously. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a fucking ceremony, making a <laughs> cup of tea, as opposed to the, the English builder who just wants to mash it with a spoon because they've only apparently only got eight seconds to make a cup of tea for some reason. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the rush is. I've never seen a builder rush before, but yeah. that's how they make tea. Yeah. Um, whereas if you change your tea-making ritual, hmm. It, it's just a much nicer thing at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a tea snob. It's still PG tips. I couldn't give a fuck about like yeah. the actual tea. It's just a, a couple of different ways of doing things, and you've got an entirely different brew on your hand. Yeah, and I mean, I, and as much as the way that you explained it at, at the time, it was like actually this does affect the flavor. Mm. Like to a certain extent, I don't think it even matters about that because sometimes it's the ritual that is the important part of it. Mm. Like. My favorite thing about making coffee on a like if I've got a Sunday morning where actually I don't have to do anything until like mid morning and I've got that that bit of the morning where I can go right I, this is all me time like that ritual of grinding some coffee beans and making the coffee and and doing it this way and all of that like that that's something that I really enjoy that's something I get a kick out of like I was I was talking to Ben about it uh, last week um, I uh, I used to to smoke. And the the thing that I miss is not um, is not the the effect that I got from the things that I was smoking. It's the ritual of rolling it up, mm. going outside, and and taking five minutes to just concentrate on nothing but breathing, and that was it. And um, and we were talking about it, and, and we kind of got into the fact that actually that is kind of it is almost a form of meditation because you're mm. taking five minutes to concentrate on nothing but your breath. Um, and uh, and yeah, like I mean, that's why I enjoy having a cigar because it's again, it, it's um, it's the ritual of you know uh, cutting the end, um, lighting it with a match as opposed to a, a lighter, and doing everything else. It's why I enjoy um, having um, having a fire outside, like with the little fire pit or with the the barbecue. Is it's the it's the ritual of lighting the fire, maintaining the fire, and then sitting and just being around it. Like it, mm. it's, I think rituals um, uh, are a really good thing to have because it keeps you connected with what you're actually doing. So I'm, I'm interested then as of, of the definition if there is one between mm. a ritual and a philosophy, mm. because because I'm the same, Steve. I, I've got, well, you experience this. I've got a yeah. knife that I use to eat meat with. Yeah. So if ever I'm having a steak or a pork chop or anything like that, I use my little like well knife. That's just yeah. because it's become this this thing now, which it probably doesn't make the experience any better. I probably don't enjoy things anymore, but it's just part now of the ritual. Mm. Um, Brett, if I'm ever cutting up or jointing chicken wings, I always use your knife. That's the knife that is yeah. 
is what I associate now with doing those tasks. And I, yeah. I, I wouldn't enjoy it if I didn't use that knife. Mm. Um, and that extends to loads of things like the shoes you wear when you do a certain thing or the, the, the hat you put on to podcast or the, you yeah. know, it's like that, the, the, I've got tools that I probably should be using something way better and way more efficient. Yeah. But I've just got into this, 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 this habit and this, this ritual yeah. of this being the one that I want to, to use. So that that's kind of because I can't remember what the fuck it was on. There was a, another podcast where they were talking about exactly like the difference between a ritual and a was it a ritual and a habit, or a habit and a no a ritual, a ritual and a philosophy. Yeah. yeah. So to yeah no sorry I was I was talking about the other podcast where I can't remember. The, it was us, Steve. It was about it was, six weeks ago. We did yeah yeah um, just the shacked. But uh, but yeah, like I for me, like uh, a ritual is it's it's a thing that you do that is triggered by something else. So it's a physical thing that you do repeatedly. So, yeah, it's, I'm, no, I that's a habit. No, a ritual for me is like, is, is, is philosophical. It's like, it's, it's spiritual, a, a ritual to me. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a, a ritual is it's a belief. No, a ritual is something that you, you physically do. So, oh, it's, right, it's, so yeah, yeah. yeah, an act. Yeah. It's an act that is triggered by something and it could be, um, it could be the the meat thing. It could be rolling up. It it could be whatever. But it's it's um, it's something that you do that you make a conscious decision to do. Um, so a habit is you know like me talking with my hands is a habit. Um, me putting my hammer down in a certain way is a is a habit because I do it like that. A ritual is something that you make a conscious decision to do and is a physical thing. A philosophy, I think, is a um uh, a non-physical thing uh <laughs> that word that i can't think of right now yeah. you know the one <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um is uh yeah is a as a non-physical thing it's a it's a it's a philosophy that that affects how you do things but it doesn't um, it, but it doesn't manifest whereas a, a ritual manifests in something and that's i think that's why i appreciate it more because i can, yeah. i can see the outcome yeah well well i think a, like a so a ritual is something that is um that that you, you know you do it in the same time whereas a philosophy it it can manifest in a physical way um but it's more abstract so say you know um you know a ritual is every time i i uh, go into the workshop um and i know that i'm going to be uh carving a bit of wood i'm going to take out all of my um chisels and i'm going to go through and i'm going to sharpen each one in this particular order in this particular way and more or less as a philosophy is more about like if i'm gonna uh go carving wood i'm gonna use a sharp chisel and it might just be well i only need that one chisel so i'm just going to sharpen that one sort of thing like it's it's um it's more interchangeable what? I understand what the two different words are. That's not what I was asking. But that's... <laughs> I was asking which one is more pertinent, pertinent to you. Like a philosophy to me is, oh, okay. it doesn't have as much weight or isn't as valuable because I'm a grumpy northerner who needs to see results. Yeah. So just thinking about things and believing in things is of no value to me is what I'm trying to say. But then surely it's, it is just as important to you because you know you're 
you're thinking about it in terms of like, well, is this going to be like, so your philosophy might be like, is, is this worth bothering, uh, worth bothering with? Like, and, and that's still going to apply to you. So I, th- I think only if it's linked to an action to, to your point earlier about the, 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 um, the ritual, I think that's hmm. when, that's when I add value to, to a philosophy. If it's just me sitting there thinking about it, I'm just wasting my own time. Which is probably why I never sleep and don't have <laughs> and I'm not very good at self reflection. Yeah. But if if it if it if it informs um an action. Yeah. Or manifests in, in a in a way that I can see something change. Yeah. Maybe it's the change part. Maybe I need to see a delta in order for that philosophy to have value. Yeah. But then otherwise think- it's like, well, it's it's a say you're religious, right, but never told anyone. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm not even gonna go into that one but, but like so uh, the philosophy could be uh you know if if a job's worth doing it's worth doing right so it's that's still a it's not, well yeah but it's not necessarily something that you that you have to sit and fucking think about yeah. for eight hours a day it can just be like you know it, uh, the, the Me- measure try this cut is a philosophy. Sorry, I I missed that. Measure twice, cut once. Yeah, yeah, or like no no shit leaves the shop, or you know the, that sort of thing. Um, so I think a, a philosophy can still uh, inform your actions, mm. um, and I th- I think kind of that sort of th- I think I, basically I'm trying to say that I think it uh, probably affects you more than you realise. I, I'm I'm up there with um, with Jack Nicholson is in as good as it gets. Like <laughs> people that speak in metaphors, <laughs> to <shampoo> my crotch. <laughs> I'm start, I'm starting to think that philosophies aren't for me, and it's 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 just understanding, and maybe the side of it that I do appreciate is the focus. What you get. Well, this is the- why. This is why I brought up the original question which does it help you to have words or your motivational poster on the wall because you need some type no. of context uh, for right. me that's that's for that's for people on a job site who are too stupid to be able to measure a bit of wood and cut it in the right place that's why measure twice cuts measure twice cuts once exists but you know it's like all religion and all things like that have been created to manipulate idiots right <laughs> That's the point of it. So any philosophy like that, it's like it's to stop you doing things wrong. Yeah, and it's not but the same. It's not the same as like a focus or a meditation or an understanding of something. I think yeah. that's the difference for me. And I, I think that's I no think... shit leaves the shop. Well, of course it shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> <you'd>... <laughs> <laughs> but 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 but, you, but that has that has to exist, Steve. There has to be that poster on the wall somewhere. Because some yeah. people think it's acceptable for shit to leave the shop, but then again, again I think it's not a philosophy. It's just no. I, that's the, yeah. I was say I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's yeah. That's <laughs> that's not philosophies as such. Like, um, yeah, I, I I think the the philosophy side of this is kind of veered off a bit, and we're now just talking <laughs> catchphrases. Um, <laughs> Do not operate itself, your. What's the difference? Yeah. Do not operate your hairdryer while you're in the bathtub. 
Yeah, philosophy. I, I wholeheartedly believe in that philosophy. But and then you say it's a warning label, and then you're like, well, what about the measure twice, quote once? That's kind of a warning label. A bird in the hand. <laughs> oh, look, I got to get you like a fucking Proverbs book because this mixed match bullshit is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is so vague, though. Everything is so nebulous because <clears throat> not like we haven't done this before where we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Steve explaining the difference between the terminology is one thing, but even when we were talking about habits, you know, I think Steve had a really good way. I, I can't immediately recall, but he kind of separated the idea of habit and some other terminology ritual. that we were using. Yeah, habit and ritual, where it was very like uh I appreciate what Steve's saying that there's a there's no, an worry. actionable there's an actionable way that a ritual kind of presents itself versus this philosophy of uh never rains every day. Well yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there are certain areas that experience higher moisture or precipitation, but yeah, <laughs> probably it doesn't rain every day. Right, and it never strikes right. There you go. I want to... I feel like the meditation thing that you were talking about towards the beginning, Aldo, or just having that self-focus, like I am a person, I know I asked you guys, but I am a person who doesn't really like signs and motivational posters i know i talk about the clean shop happy shop mm. thing you know sharon was nice enough to send me that one that she made and i love it but it's it's on my shelf it's not hung up you know for the world to see i don't need to remind myself of it all the time because to me it's just the the thing you do it's what keeps me um it's catharsis but it keeps me in a in a good mental state like if i know things are clean i don't get distracted al i share a similarity with you where i just have too many things going through my brain all the time and over the last few years i've definitely gotten better at thinning that out or at least being able to focus a little bit longer on one particular thing the whole clean shop thing <laughs> just just it's it's me needing to take that 10 minutes like you were saying steve i just need 10 or 15 minutes where i Literally don't think about anything else but pushing a broom and putting the things in the dustpan and then they go in the bin. And then I can so, think about all the other stuff. So that that to me, that's more of a ritual than a, a philosophy because it's it's doing a thing. Like I I because I I quite often need uh something to kick my brain back into gear when I get um go off down a tangent. So the dictionary definition of philosophy is uh, a theory or attitude that acts as a guiding principle for behavior. So it's not, it's not a catch. It's not yeah, yeah. clean shop, happy shop or yeah. whatever. It's, it's, it's the, the idea that, um, that having a, a, a tidy space is, is, is good for me. And it, you know, it's, I know that that means that I'm able to work for better or whatever. And I think that's kind of like where but, I was but, getting. But, a, but a, academically uh, it's not ergonomics. It's not. It's not an actual scientific understanding of the the space around you. It's a spiritual one. <laughs> you know, philosophy is the big picture. It's like, is there a god? What is the universe? What's the meaning of life? Not like how many quarks were in the size of a pinhead uh, four milliseconds after the Big Bang. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's that's the binary divide for me. Is that one I appreciate and one. I struggle to see the value in. 
yeah i mean but you're you're talking philosophy in terms of um in, in terms of written philosophy that you, mm. you sit down and where you where you ponder the bigger the picture. But, but, <laughs> yeah but so great but i think i think what uh what the kind of original question from uh james was more about let's say those guiding principles yeah. so if, if you if you ignore the word philosophy and you just Got think you. about what guiding principles you're you're talking about you. and that that's where it comes down to you know that that whole thing of like um of I think the the problem is is there is a lot of like these guiding principles and and philosophies that get boiled down into catchphrases and <laughs> and fucking single words. You don't that, say. That, uh, <laughs> and like, cat like, posters. Yeah, like like you said, I like they're 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 boiled down to to make it easier to swallow for for people. But the overarching um, or overarching um, theme of it the the principle of it hmm. is still sound and i think that's that's kind of what what i was trying to get to earlier is the fact that i think a lot of it is stuff that you do still subscribe to even if you don't realize you do and, and i think that's kind of one of the other things for me as well is it's it is that 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 um that attitude that that guides your behavior like your they, that's that's why certain people work in in one way and certain people work in another it's it's part of their attitude it's part of their personality um and i think to kind of the the problem with the the, the term philosophy is like say people get so caught up on the fact that it's um it's it's got to be put into a fucking catchphrase that <laughs> that they they just go oh no i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that philosophy sort of thing it's like well yeah no, but you you have your own way of working, your own kind of style, um, and I think that's kind of a bit more what the original question was about. Yeah, and and, and that I do appreciate, and I think just going back to sort of the Bushido, um, I'm not in any way like a, a practicing samurai or anything. Like that's yeah. no interest to me. But what 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 I do appreciate, and I do see value in. Um, and it's something we covered all time and time again is the the analogies. Yeah. So being able to understand that as a literal catchphrase. Yeah. But then transferring that to 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 another medium, another circumstance, another example, and then it starts to go oh, right. That's that's kind of that. Then has I, I can think about things in a different way, and that's yeah. That's more about um, oh god, what's the phrase? It's such a wanky business phrase. Um, Synergy. No, not parallel thinking. Um, <laughs> what's the opposite of parallel? <laughs> Convergent. No. Um, uh, what's it called? Lateral I, I, thinking. Yes. Perpendicular Fuck thinking. Me. Lateral thinking. Um, yes. Which is creativity. You know, otherwise mm. everyone would just be making stars and stripes chopping boards. Like there, there needs to be a. a an approach that is from another place yeah that makes you go oh i could do this differently mm -hmm. um and that that's when i massively value um abstract thought and well i guess philosophy yeah that, that isn't tangible i spend so much of my time talking about objectivity this is why we should choose blue as a color because you know yeah because i i professionally i have to take subject subjectivity out of the equation yeah, um, because it's just too costly. And yeah, at the flip side, there has to be this moment where it's like something's guiding you. Mm. It is like beyond the the, the tangible. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then not not necessarily in a religious way. I, ju I just mean yeah. there's something there that you that you get and you understand from something else, and you can apply it to the rest of your life. And that that's why I find value in those those philosophies. Hmm. I think it's also really interesting to know that yeah, the catchphrase thing exists, <laughs> or the catchphraseization of <laughs> certain <laughs> philosophies exists, but very often I'll meet people that have a singular approach to things that I've never seen anybody do. And you look at those things as idiosyncratic, you know, Oh, that's, that's quirky that you do that. But deep down, it might be a thing that really drives that person's approach to life mm. and whether or not they could put it into an eloquent set of words to make it catchphrasy or philosophical is kind of besides the point. I'm so much more interested in, uh, if you want to call it philosophy, what drives the person, and then if it if it is habit or this actionable causation that happens from the philosophy, yeah. like what the hell? How did those connections get made through this very unique person versus the other person that I've met that seems on paper to be the exact same, <laughs> but it's not. Like we are all three people that know how to make things and and bodge around. Steve has professional production work that he has to nail on a high level of nail. execution. <laughs> um, you know, I, I try and do the best I can. Al, you're the MacGyver, you know, that's figuring things out on a regular basis. I feel like the approaches are always, I want to do a good enough job for it to serve its purpose, whatever the thing is. But I don't necessarily know an eloquent way of saying, Make things that function <laughs> and try and invest your time in stuff that's worthwhile. Like, is that a philosophy or is that really just like Steve was saying about uh, Steve? Sorry, like Al was saying about Steve's no shit leaves the shop. And you're like, well, fucking yes. Yeah. But the lowest common denominator might not hold that on a on high regard. They're like, yeah, I made it. Yeah. It's cool. I guess it doesn't really matter if it functions or serve its purpose but but well, then i think go on Steve. i was gonna pass it to say, you anyway <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say like i think a lot of the um like like the no shit leaves the shop thing like that <clears throat> that that's such a subjective thing because what's shit to me is not shit to someone else on and, and what's not shit to me is utter crap to someone else like there's it it's a it's a sliding scale mm. um uh i think i can't remember exactly like you literally said it 30 seconds ago and it's already <laughs> fucking gone from my head um but i think the way that um that my brain fucking stops working randomly is <laughs> shit uh, well no but steve you you it's temporal as well like you you were saying yeah. at the weekend what shit to you as well might have been amazing to you six months ago yeah so even that is is fluid and in flux because you, you you're 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 constantly changing and, and developing and improving. Yeah. Um, but to me, Brett hit on the, a really interesting thing, which is purpose. And I think purpose yeah. is way more important than like opinion or um, view. You know, like like my philosophical view on the world, like. But the purpose, like, I don't think you can argue with, and I think that that's where the power has been, Steve, with things you've been doing in the Forge and especially the Forge videos, where you start to go into the purpose of, yeah, an item and a purpose of process as well. 
Yeah. So it's like this is why we do it this way. Yeah. It's not that we're trying to be romantic. There's there's elements of that. You know, we're not trying to just add value for no reason. Yes, we could get these fucking stamped out or drop forged. That's not the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the purpose of it and the purpose of the product at the end is where all that value is lies for me. Mm. But then I, I think that's that's the thing. That's kind of that comes in. That's it's a philosophy in itself, like of of that being, you know, that um, that the the purpose having that the highest uh, is again it, that that's a philosophy. Like the fact that the thing has to have a purpose. Like Brett, you said um, about the fact that we all try to make stuff to the best of our abilities. How you know? There's no elegant way to put that but that in itself is is a philosophy like the the philosophy of i'd rather and again this is me trying to make a a big idea in a, into a very short sentence but like the the idea of you know i'd i'd much rather um spend an, an evening doing something that that has value to me whether it's making a physical object or or whatever than than sitting and watching celebrity come dine with me or whatever the fuck is on tv nowadays like it's it's about um i think like that again that that kind of um that attitude and guiding principle is it's about where you put value um so like i put value on on experiences and on um and and on helping my friends and, and my fellow humans like i put more value on that than than sitting and watching tv like i i, I remember having a conversation with a friend about um taking the or suggesting to a friend um a few years ago when you could actually travel um taking the dogs for a walk to um uh, out on the the moors like dartmoor and um he was like oh that's that's an hour away though i was like well, yeah but what else are you going to do on a sunday like are you just going to sit there and watch tv all day like you might as well jump in the car and dog it's tv steve it's just yeah, you know, it's the easy thing to to blame, but like you know, it, it's like to me, I, I like my kind of philosophy, I guess, is the fact that you know, if I if I'm, I if I don't see value in something, then then why would I worry about investing time in it? And I've put that really badly, but I think that's kind of goes back to what you were saying Brett, about the fact that you know we all we all try to do things to the best of our abilities we all where we see the value is i guess in a way it's it's our it's our, our attitude our guiding principle um is is what you put value in and some people put value in um getting to have that downtime and that relaxation and, and whatever some people put value into making lots of money some people put value into making lots of things some people put value into helping others you, whatever that is like i think that's that's kind of your your philosophy and your kind of guiding principle so guiding principle is a fucking term that will haunt me for the rest of my life because we <laughs> we we have to do it at work so it's like yeah your brand wants to sell uh, industrial adhesive to to the building trade what is the guiding principle of your brand sell adhesive yeah <laughs> what do you stand for we sell adhesive what do you believe in we sell adhesive so it's really hard to get those things out of you know tradesmen and, and people who just you know run yeah. factories um but i think just listening to you steve the thing that is 
way more important than value to me is purpose. Yeah. So there might not be an inherent value in watching television, but I will never watch any second of television if there's not a purpose behind it. So if I'm not learning or um, entertaining myself or um, being amused mm. or being made to think or being scared, you know, if it's just friends on in the background, that serves no purpose to me at all. And I think I wasted a lot of my life watching Scrubs and watching Friends without any real reason to it. But then, and, do you not do you not think those two uh, are, are tied so closely together? Because surely the purpose is the thing that gives it value. If it has no purpose, then it has no value. That, that's my point. That, that's where yeah. value comes from. I, I yeah. think when people just say value, they yes. think of like Sorry, yeah, monetary yeah. gain or, yes. or, Sorry, or yeah. material objects. But yeah, I, I best what I'm saying is I think purpose is a better word than value. I think purpose is is like it it has weight. It means something to you. You know the problem with value is like one man's trash. One man's tr- trash is another man's treasure. So value is subjective, but you can't argue with purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The- so Steve, you sparked something. It's, I'll throw this question at both of you. Do you think this this idea of purpose or value even, um, do you think we find ways to um, kind of interject philosophy into that? Or for the person that wants an explanation for finding value or purpose in a thing, it's like you bolster it with philosophies because they either sound more eloquent or, <laughs> well, this person was very successful and very high re- highly regarded, and this was their philosophy that they lived by, and I admire them, and so the reason I find purpose in this thing is because of a phrase that they said, and I'm following in their footsteps. Like, do you think, my question is, do you think it is inherent that, I guess I'm going back to the beginning, <laughs> Do you think it's inherent that we find reasons to justify purpose or value, or do you think it just kind of comes um, comes after the fact that you, if somebody ever asks you, like, why do you find value or purpose in that, then you kind of seek out an explanation for it because you're not able to do it yourself? It just, Does that make that sense? Is, yeah, totally. And in that example, all I can think of is like fucking entrepreneurs talking about their philosophies. Like Elon hmm. Musk, my philosophy is this. No, your philosophy is having a fucking load of money. And and a lot of those things are like retrofitted. So somebody will end up in a position and then talk about their philosophies if they've had it their entire life. It's like, no, you're just talking about that now, looking back and trying to add like imbue meaning into something. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. That is a great yeah. example. It's like you find reason or yeah. meaning behind it, but it's way versus after. versus a rationale where you're actually assessing a situation and going, this is how I'm going to approach it based on my experiences. That's not the same thing as a philosophy for me. And again, I think that's what that irks me about the, the, the term philosophy is that it sounds like an old man looking back on things or looking down on something hmm. and, and, and in a kind of patronizing way, you know, that patron nature of, of old man, old quiet man sitting, having a philosophy it's like well yeah it's fine you're doing that looking back but i'm doing it now in yeah. real time and maybe maybe it's i'm just impatient maybe that's what it is. as i say yeah i i would completely disagree with that because 
for for me a, a philosophy is a philosophy is the thing that that determines how you how you make those real-time decisions so yeah it, it it informs you all the way through and and you know your philosophy might change and adapt as you gain more experience yeah, i'm way i'm way too flippant for that <laughs> yeah but but again like i, I think you, you know your your philosophy is what gives things purpose and it what it, it's what gives value to those purposes so again this is this is why i think like like i said value and purpose are so closely intertwined but why i prefer the 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 use of the word value is because if you if you're removing the monetary aspect of it like so you know sitting down and watching tv whether it's literally just shit that you're you're getting on just to turn your brain off that that has a purpose but you know if you've got watching sitting and watching friends it has a purpose sitting and watching uh cosmos has a purpose it's where you place the like how much value you place on each of those purposes and that is informed by your own personal philosophy by your own personal guiding principles of of how you view things and how you 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 wish to spend your time or your your whatever thing it is that you want to spend on it mm -hmm. i Where that's I, a really good that's was, a really good comparison to make though uh, steve show <laughs> robo steve <laughs> okay start over that's a really good comparison to make, Steve. And that reminds me of uh, recently listening to A Brief History of Everything. It's a wonderfully presented audiobook, right? I, I don't have the physical book, but it's it's genuinely just a bunch of science and reasoning and, and uh, history about the universe. I find that to be valuable, but I was having a discussion with somebody recently because I told them I like this book and it was like, but what do you actually get out of that? Like, does that inform any of your decision-making or are you suddenly going to join the space program? And because now you're really interested in <laughs> things. No, it doesn't. And that's a, that's a, there's nothing wrong with that question. It wasn't like they were coming at me and attacking like that's dumb. It's more they Think were very it's dumb. Yeah, they were very for. They were inquisitive because it doesn't affect my day to day to know what happened to the dinosaurs or what species of dinosaurs left this footprint in such and such country that we've found now, and that's how we dated when that dinosaurs around that if if you think about it as brass tacks that does nothing for my day it does nothing for me leading forward i don't get to walk into a room and go i know a thing unless you're on jeopardy and you get what monetary value out of it i am a fan of learning and just knowing things um it it is let's call it cathartic but I'm just a sponge and I like having all of this information because I think eventually it will inform something. It will inform a decision or it will influence me or remind me of a way of thinking. Yeah. I think, I think at the end of a very long day, I'll hear something like that about the dinosaurs and how they're extinct and meteors or however the hell it all happened. And regardless of the specific context of the dinosaur, it's more just like, Oh yeah. Things come and go. 
or yeah. whatever the philosophy is behind it. You know, I could find a way to like shoehorn philosophy into it. Go ahead, Steve. The, ch- the I, church I, I went to told me that dinosaurs were made up and that carbon, <laughs> carbon dating was false. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just going to say, like, I... I On, on on your day to day, like I mean, the book that I spoke about uh, last week, the um, the first and last of men, that genuinely impacts my day to day life. It impacts my philosophy on life, my my worldview, my my guiding principles. Like it, it affects how I view the world around me. Therefore, it does affect my my daily life because the decisions I make make are based on my own how that works and how I view the world. Um, so yeah, I, I think you could easily turn around to that person and say, actually, yeah, it, it does affect my my daily life because I now have a more informed um, position from which to make a decision. Um, and I think that's that's kind of, that to me is the the essence of what the the philosophy thing is. It's, it's the information and um, beliefs you have in your head that that inform your day-to-day decisions and how you live your life and how you you do the things that you do and and where you place value and how you see purpose um and uh and, and spiffing Al, have you got an order? Yeah, it's Azab. Azab, uh, which means you are first. Fuck. Um, so, oh, I did a screen grab and everything. Obviously, James, for his fantastic uh, show. Obviously. Um, however, my screen grab was of the fantastic uh, Average Joe's joinery. Because he's not been Average Joe for a while. Um, he's been Joe on a budget. Uh, yes, and if you've not been following it, um, there is an account on Facebook. I'm not, I don't know if it's entirely on Facebook. Um, in fact, on that point, I'm going to look right now and see if it's on Instagram. It is it's getting a follow? Um, <laughs> and basically, Joe's job now, I think, pretty much full time, is is creating content um, for a, a a channel called On a Budget. And it's great. And it's yeah. it's tool tips, it's sort of creative things. Um what I really like about it is it's it, it still allows um an avenue for Joe to be a bit of a dickhead, but, <laughs> with, but with it within constraints. So he can still have a laugh and he can still be super creative and he can still do things which, you know, are not expected. You know, it's not your usual like social media craft channel. Yeah. It, it is still very much average Joe. Um, and I think he's found the perfect balance of being able to be Joe, um, but I guess in a way that gives him some stability. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he created like a a, <laughs> a garden water feature out of an IKEA um, <laughs> filing cabinet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's just like this is genius, you know. Yeah, um, it, it water resistant. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what more do you want? Um, but there, it, it, there was gone. I was just going to say that there was genuinely one of his videos that uh, that popped up on my feed, yeah. and um, and I was watching it, and I hadn't realised who had shared it or anything like that. It just so I, I I wish I could remember which of the videos it was, but it just popped up, and I was like, "This 
actually looks genuinely interesting. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch this. And then it wasn't until about halfway through I saw Joe's face. I was like, wait, that's Joe. What the fuck? Yeah. So he, but, he's uh, combining, like, the what Joe's always been good at, which is teaching you, like, tips and tricks and, and how to use tools and different techniques and maybe things. Well, guess on a budget is perfect because yeah. Joe is always like, I've not got the fancy tools. I've not got the fancy materials. However, I can still make a beautiful table. Um, a ca- very similar to kind of Ben's approach to things. It's like, um, you know, designed for the masters. Um, but Joe's yeah. has just got that extra edge of a sense of humor, a sense of sort of like just English self-deprecation and, <laughs> and kind of <laughs> not naivety because Joe, Joe's incredibly intelligent. I don't mean naive in that way. I just mean um, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but still surprising, and I think I think that's a, the perfect mix. Um, so go check it out. Obviously, you, you must be following Joe by now, but on a budget, yeah. Um, if you're not on Facebook and Instagram, and who knows, maybe even YouTube, I might see if there's a, there is a YouTube channel as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, good chat, and we'll we'll chuck all them in the shows. Um, but yeah, no, I I am 100 behind anything with Joe in it. But yeah, in particular, I've actually really enjoyed uh, every one of those videos that's popped up. It's it's not very often that the there is a YouTube channel. There we go. Hey, thing. Um, yeah, as I say, it's not very often like the the Facebook video, like maker no. videos, actually catch my attention. But almost every single one that they've put up, I've uh, I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I think the philosophy of the on a budget channel um, really yeah. resonates <laughs> with with your beliefs, your core belief system, and your your Ooh. kind of guiding principles, Steve. I think yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think this is why you have a problem with it. It's just because you have to deal with those terms uh, so much. In, yeah, I think that's one hundred percent. And you're just you're just bitter. <laughs> it's PTSD from yeah. sitting in fucking brand workshops. Yeah, brainstorming fucking constantly. Um, uh, what was it Azab? That means I am next. So. I am. Um, I'm spiffing. I'm doing kind of like a double spiff here because it's a a concept and an actual channel. Um, so the actual channel is one that Al has talked about, but not spiffed. I think I don't think you've spiffed. I did check and I couldn't see it in the spiffs in on the shows. Um, but Techmoan, um, which is just a really fun channel. I'm sure you talked about it when you first got into the um, mini discs. Uh, and basically, the only reason I'm speaking, I, I, I've talked about it recently a, a bit, like the fact that I, just, I don't get time to sit down and watch a huge amount of YouTube anymore. Like, it's just, it's stuff like that I need to sit down and I need to actually pay attention to. And it's very rare now that I've got the opportunity to sit down and do it where I'm doing that and it's just me being able to sit and, and watch something like that. Normally it's either, you know, me, me and Ben are sitting down to grab something to eat together and we're watching like Mandalorian or something like that. Um, or it's just background noise whilst I'm doing other things. Um, but yeah, the Tech Moan channel was really enjoyable. Um, it's, I mean, he, he was, I'm trying to think of the, it was the boom box uh, one is the one that was sticking out like, just buying up old bits of kit and going through them. The other one was um, that fucking, it, it was a, like almost like a um, coffee table sized electronic device that recorded on like something like 120. A media center. They were, yes. Them, I think Steve in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And it was, it was a recording like 22 minutes of, uh, 
128 tracks at 28, <laughs> 22 minutes a track, and and all this. It was just fucking. It, it was really cool. It's really interesting. But the so that the channel itself is spiffing, and you should definitely go check it out. Also, um, and this is again, this is something that me and Al talked about this weekend is being able to watch something like that with a like-minded person. So being able to sit down and enjoy a a a maker channel or making channels like the i think the other one was um jeffrey croker and being able to use that as a way of just inspiring ideas and just shooting off um like projects or solutions or or whatever and and being able to watch stuff like that with someone else and um and bounce ideas off one another that are in that um are inspired by the thing on the tv because mm-hmm. we we talked about um like putting a tv in the the camper and then went on to projectors and then went on to this and then went on to that and like having uh bit putting yourself in a situation where you are not only able to be inspired but also share that inspiration with someone else because again it, inspiration is one of those things where if you can share it it just grows exponentially with the more people that are involved uh up to a certain point and then it collapses um but uh yeah i think if you can if you can find some people to share that inspiration with i think it's a really good thing so mm-hmm. yeah that is my kind of double spiff um which means brett you are next hooray i believe i might have spiffed this very long ago but i actually got to see the western flyer uh, original sides to to like the oh my god I can't even think of the name it's off the original Western Flyer boat which is one of the um, foundations and side projects that John Fossil Guy is working on and helping fund what it is the that? restoration it is the restoration of a famous vessel that carried the Nobel Prize for literature-winning author John Steinbeck and his friend, marine biologist Edward Ricketts, to Mexico's Sea of Cortez on a scientific expedition that yielded a pioneering book about the science of ecology. Yes, I wrote all that down myself. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the Western Flyer Foundation is a channel, and... They have videos of restoring this beautiful old boat. If you're into any kind of making, there's probably a video on there from the giant timber working that they're doing, but they're also doing a lot of aluminum for structural integrity and kind of using new tech. Uh, the most recent one is is they're doing some casting and doing hardware casting and a couple of videos back, there was a knife maker who has been working with the project, but he's like a blacksmith knife maker who makes amazing stuff. And that's also in there. So they're, it's mostly just covering the restoration of this main boat project, but periodically they put other projects that they're working on because the team kind of works on various projects. So it's really interesting. I'm fascinated by everything that they're doing and the boat itself is getting not just a restore, but they're really ramping it up with things like um, rosewood. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the accent pieces, like mm-hmm. a lot of really pricey materials just to make this thing 
ridiculous. And you know, the game plan is to actually put it back on the water and do ecological uh, trips and things like that up and down the west coast of the United States. So nice. it's been fun to follow along with, and also John is behind it. And I would just like it if more people knew what he was up to and the good things that he was providing. Good shout. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is there any other business? Yeah. Ooh. In fact, it's so business-like, I'm going to class it as a public service announcement. Cool. Uh-oh. Wait, is it a philosophy? Okay. It's definitely not a philosophy. Is it the YouTube tax form? No, fuck you. If you haven't listened to me the past three weeks, <laughs> you deserve to get screwed over. Um, if you've not seen Mortal Kombat, watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that was on my list as well. Tough. I sniped it from you. It's fucking glorious. It is. I can't believe I waited brilliant. this long to watch it, but yeah, it's it's very um, pleasurable to watch something uh, with somebody like minded. Um, and I think if you you can appreciate it a lot more. If you have similar philosophies. <laughs> um, but yes, that is a fucking brilliant shout. It Wait, did you guys watch it together? Yeah, yeah. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking great. Um, especially because... So there's a, there's a bit in it where one of the characters makes a noise and because Al's got surround sound for a split second because of like the direction it came from, I thought it was him that had said it. So I looked around <laughs> at him, saw him laughing and realized, oh no, shit, that was the guy on the thing, which made it even funnier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fucking I mean, we're We're just agreeing that Kano was the best character in that movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it would have been half as enjoyable without him. Um, so yeah, I, I fully endorse that AOB. Um, I have another quick bit of AOB. Uh, um, Times is on YouTube. Um, they've, if you want to just start a, again, Stephen, do that again. You went all roboty. Fucking the because we've had nothing but rain. Uh, my internet's care. gone to shit. I don't care. I was, just, I was just saying, my internet's gone to shit. Um, yeah, the other bit of AOB is, for those of you like me that didn't know, uh, Time Team is, is starting a thing to fund it um, to get them uh, so they can do like full digs and stuff again. Um, I think you, uh, Time Team is probably a very UK-centric thing, but uh, long ecological reality, reality TV show, I guess, is possibly a way of putting it um but it's it was really good really educational and is it still fun. tony robinson uh i think he's involved in it a little um i've only only seen like the trailers i've not had a chance to watch it properly yet okay. um but it's a lot of the original team uh, um and stuff uh so yeah if you're interested in old shit go check it out um that's it for me uh so there's nothing else from either of you Cool. If you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Mortal Hack Shack. There we go. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find us or Fools with Tools in all of the places. Um, 
that's it. Uh, until next time, when hopefully my internet improves, uh, we will see you all then. We love you. Bye. Bye.